have a really really good conspiracy endorsement oh i've already shown you this one. Oh, this is, yeah yeah I, we, for, we, for later in the yeah that's usually like uh <laughs> it's one of our side gigs on this i know i feel like i keep expecting so rav and i both for years have been like obsessed with conspiracy theories yeah so like i don't know whenever i hear like a really obsessed good is new a strong one word i don't know I, I i'm obsessed <laughs> yeah it's just like you're the first person i go to with it I, I appreciate them. I, What's I'm, your favorite conspiracy theory? Oh, this is an oft-visited topic. Yeah, I mean, we 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 do basically anything on this on this, but actually talk about the movies. But <laughs> we always try and change that. We like oh, promise so I ourselves. Put my notes away then. <laughs> <laughs> notes are great. <laughs> I haven't done notes in a while. Um, <laughs> she seems so bewildered by the core. Oh yeah. Well, well, should we should we introduce our guest first? Yeah. Well, this is the, <laughs> this is the first time we've had a, a couple on the show. That is true. Yeah. It's oh. a it's a more. It's it's a more. <laughs> and like Truly. couple like an actual couple under the law, not just like whatever we are. And whatever <laughs> common me, law. Me, you, me, you, Sam and Alan are. <laughs> Shared the same foxhole and Pol- Nom. polycule. Ordained by the universe. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Galaxy brain. Yeah. All right, welcome to the show, everybody. Uh welcome. I'm your host, Asher Lack. With me are my co host, Raphael Rutenberg, ESQ. Hi. And today on the show, we have special returning guest, Adam Howard. Hey. And <laughs> his partner and the person who called this movie today. I'm so excited to talk about this, yeah. Elizabeth Rosado. Hi. Welcome to the show. Hey, guys. Thank you. Um, Don't we also have Gizmo. Yeah, and we have Gizmo. Yeah, we brought our dog. The They're most famous dog, dog on the internet. Oh, he's great. Yeah. We're those she, people. She, 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 <laughs> nice. You're missing adorable visual elements. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Use your imaginations, people. And like, t- like we used to back when I was a kid. No, I don't know about this that. Is in radio. <laughs> we right. used paint huffing right. and revenge. <laughs> and today we're talking about Under the Skin, uh, 2014. Jonathan Glazer. Jonathan yeah. Glazer. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Wild. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, this movie was. This is a great, great recommendation. Yeah. Thank you, Liz. Super big, big recommend. I like this. I'm really curious to hear what you guys think about it because I do think I, we talked about this earlier. I'm very protective of this movie. Like I really love it. And when. Movies, movies in general, people have such varying tastes, such varying tastes. So it's hard. I don't know. It's just hard to predict how someone's going to react when you have such a strong reaction to it. You you want everyone else to as well. But I also understand this movie may not be for everyone. <laughs> I, I can easily see how people would uh, maybe react negatively to this for a number of different reasons yeah. that we can go into. I mean, the first of which is it's, it's, unusual, it's an unusual movie. There's a lot well, of <laughs> sexual <laughs> annihilation <laughs> in it. Um, <laughs> I guess, yeah, ranking number one on the discomfort scale is like the, the, the sex murder. Yeah. Right. Oh, man, I'm so horny and terrified at the same <laughs> time. It really sucks. Uh, <laughs> um, no, this movie was amazing. Yeah, it's I, funny. Yeah. I remember, I always say, well, not always say, but I often have said that if you can remember your first viewing experience of a movie, it probably is a good sign that at least that movie was like striking, maybe in a bad way you remembered it. But I remember going to see this movie with Liz the first time very vividly because we went to see it in Times Square, I think only because it was not playing in a lot of theaters Mm -hmm. in the city. And of course, there was like a very, very thin Times Square audience there. Very empty theater. Uh, But I will never forget, because I've never walked out of a movie in my life. And not that there's anything wrong with that, but I've just never done it. But 
I saw people walk out, which oh, is pretty yeah. jarring. Just because, like, I think the thing about this movie that's funny is like the only publicity. I saw about it in sort of mainstream movie coverage was like, this is the movie where Scarlett Johansson gets naked. Yep. So she's super naked. So there's a contingent of the audience that I, and I I honestly think that this couple was there thinking it was for that and that type of movie. And then I was interested in it because I kept hearing all these comparisons to like Kubrick and all these other filmmakers. I really like 2001. Yeah. And like, I definitely at like the first few minutes was sort of like, unsure about it and then once i kind of locked into the mood and the texture of this movie i was totally on board and we left it and we were just kind of talking about it endlessly on the way back home but it was sort of just us with our fists raised at the end of it a little I bit got, i gotta say i'm <laughs> super glad that you talked about the first couple of minutes because i was like as soon as i turned it on i was like i'm gonna like this movie really and i know it's so a what weird was thing it? like what was it I, the images or um yeah, it was a combination of the really exciting score. Yeah. Yeah. And the images and it just like to me this evoked one of my favorite filmmakers, Andrei Tarkovsky. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. I give this movie 4 out of 5 Tarkovsky <laughs> symbolic horses. <laughs> yeah, question marks. <laughs> 4 out of 5 like what brain hemorrhages. Yes, please explain. He did Solaris, which we Oh, watched okay. Together. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That totally makes yeah, sense. He yeah. He did Solaris. The original, obviously, the original Solaris. He did Stalker. Mm-hmm. The Mirror. The Mirror. He did Andre Rublev, which is, you know, not sci fi at all, but. So I haven't. For, I, the only one I've seen reason. is Solaris, and I totally get why this movie yeah. would evoke certain of those same qualities. Solaris is a very what well, we were because we're talking about how there's so little dialogue in this movie and Solaris I feel like it's the same way it's like yeah. moods and evoking like themes and feelings which I think that's why I love this movie so much is like every vignette you kind of are left thinking 10 or 20 different questions and by the end of the movie you're like your brain's going in like so many interesting like thought patterns. I I love it for that reason. It also clocks in at like a good solid three hours less than Solaris. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, we were so saying we it's not a long on. movie and I've actually only seen this a total of three times. Like the first time we oh, watched it, I like Adam described it. That. No, that's it. And I immediately was just like so taken with the movie. Then we watched it again, I guess a little bit after that and then last night in preparation for this. But it's, you were saying last night it felt a little bit longer to you. Like, no, I just, I had forgotten how little actual dialogue was in it. I don't know why. I, I, I think I just was sort of, I was thrown by how, like essentially for long stretches, it functioned like a silent movie, more or less. And then the dialogue that there is, is like with a thick Scottish accent. Right. <laughs> yeah, oh my God. I really, I needed subtitles for a lot of this. <laughs> yeah. I honestly couldn't pick, I didn't, it took me a couple seconds to realize that they to were To realize even. that they were speaking English. Yeah. And then I got a little more used to it. Yeah, but yeah. So like the the Tarkovsky comparison, I know I know I talk about this constantly on the show, but like this is not like neat and tight, you know, parable fable story or anything like that. It's just like it does not really have a three act structure that I can see, but it is like it has a sort of like painterly, sculptorly feel to it, and is like very evocative of certain moods. And you know, the story is not forefront, but I think the uh, you know the ideas the metaphors, the symbolism, and like the beauty of it, um, the resonance of it on like some sort of sublime level are forefront rather than the story. It's heavy in all of those too. Like each scene in the movie gives you so much to take in with the, and you're right, it's not through dialogue, but it's the visuals, it's the score. It's this like pastiche that for me works as a whole really, really well. Um, But I think the reason I've always, 
and I'm interested to hear your guys' take on this, but I've always really been taken with this movie because for me, it's a really good metaphor for what it's like to be a woman. And oh, <laughs> Asher just gave me a face. Well, I like, just, <laughs> I wanted, that was my first thought was like, I couldn't believe how perfectly like pre Me Too this was. Yeah. And that was when you guys were talking about the moment that you kind of got sucked into the movie. When I was like, I'm in for this, is her dialogue. So again, for listeners who haven't seen the movie, and there aren't really spoilers. I mean, maybe there's some spoilers at the end, but not really. The The premise of the movie is that Scarlett Johansson plays an alien who is essentially eating Can we men. tag that for a second? <laughs> okay. Well, I'll come, we'll come back she's, to that. She's a succubus. She's a something, an organism right. or a, an entity. I do want to talk about that, but go on. Sorry. Yeah, that basically lures men into a sexual situation and then consumes them. But it's, it's not that overt. But there's one of the opening scenes, I, I think it's like maybe 10 minutes into the movie, not even. She's trying to get this guy to get into her van. And the tricks that she uses, I was so... I understood exactly why she took the role on. And, and was why like, she's perfect for it, too. Like, she ex- she has, like, the, a sensuality that you just need to look at her. And then it just is, like, oozing out of her. But And I do think, like, there's this duality that the movie captures about being a woman where there's so... Like there's a strength in our sexuality. It is a power that we could wield, but there's also this like intense vulnerability um, and being the quote unquote like weaker sex, right? Like you kind of are always feeling a little bit like you're in danger. <laughs> uh, and I think that like she she really like the arc of her character is going from like the first to the the latter right and like the more she discovers her humanity the more she discovers her vulnerability and and that weakness and that that end scene was so devastating to me Mm, because i'm just mm -hmm. like i know every woman can relate to having those same like emotions like the fear and like the like just trying to escape and or feeling a lack of control like that was to me i was like this is this is the perfect metaphor for what it's like to be a woman (laughs) It's like an unraveling progression of starting off as like dispassionate predator. It's an incredible arc to me where it's just like there are moments where the character discovers her humanity. Like she sees, you know, she is inhabiting her skin more fully. So she's becoming more of a outward projection of what a woman is. And then through that becomes at the end, prey. Yeah, yeah. She t- turns from predator to prey, and like it's a f- it's fascinating. I think there's I don't know I'm I'm still sort of <laughs> still yeah. wrestling with. Well, this. I think one thing that I loved is um, in the beginning when she's the pre- the predator, right? Mm-hmm. She's out there stalking men. One of the things that she asked them is, oh, "Are you alone?" Because she wants to establish that. And then at yeah. the end, the guy who she meets in the forest also very pointedly asks her, "Are you here with someone? Are you alone?" And it's yeah. just like he does such a good job of like paralleling that at the beginning, at the end, but her, in with the total role reversal. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. I think the movie does two of my favorite things that I feel like cinema is particularly adept at doing, which is sort of messing with your loyalties and, and sort of putting you in the position of uh, essentially (laughs) rooting for people who are not doing the right thing. I I always enjoy that. And I felt (laughs) like it's sort of that it, it had that same quality that the opening of get out has to me. Like I always say that, the moment I was so locked into that movie was that I instantly felt like, Oh, like white audiences are going to understand how weird it is to be a black person in a white neighborhood and how that's just as scary as any horror movie situation. And seeing a film where like a woman is sort of 
trying to lure dudes in. I just, I've never seen anything quite like it. And the other thing it does, which I really like, is the world building. You know, I like movies. This is not anywhere near the same type of movie, but even like a movie like Star Wars, they establish a world and they kind of leave it to you to catch up to the rules of that world and how it works. So, you know, this is a lot more kind of purposefully not so concretely defined, but there's some kind of system at play here in terms of, you know, she procures the the men and then this thing happens to them and then these dudes on the bike are sort of like the cleanup crew. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I just love that like you by the time the movie's over, it's like this it all makes a strange sort of sense, even if there's not the sort of typical linear landmarks that you would expect in a sort of quote unquote sci fi movie. I love yeah. that you brought brought up get out because I didn't really think about the affinities between the two until you just said it. To me there's strong affinities because there's like a real focus on mm-hmm. the protagonist's body in both of them. I think there's probably an intentional grappling in these movies with like this discourse of these marginalized groups, women, black people being seen as bodies rather than as people. And mm-hmm. I think yeah. that yeah. But also it's, like the it, violence towards those bodies is a th- something yeah. I think about a lot. Like in Get Out, it's the inherent threat of like police harm to your body, right? And I yeah. think and the fetishization of it too. Yeah, it's like likewise the, with with women in this conflict, movie. Yeah, right. I think you're right on both those points. Like there's the the vulnerability of the body and the exploitation. And I think like I I thought it was really interesting the opening scene where she's literally kind of like putting on the trappings. Someone else's skin. Yeah, but also right. the trappings of like womanhood, right? Like she's like wearing the like slinky dress. She, the first mm-hmm. place she goes is to a mall and she's kind of like to buy putting a fur on coat and makeup. a fur yeah. coat, makeup, like the way in which like her femininity is like put on her. It's like totally something that like is, it's a construct, right? And I think that was a really good metaphor for that. But the way that she wields it as like a weapon in the beginning is really interesting to me. Well, also in the get out tip, and I put this in my notes when I was watching it was that the, I thought maybe Peel must have been influenced by the world that she brings the men into. Mm. There were so many parallels between oh, that right. underwater. It looked like field. the sunken place. Yeah. 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 With Stranger oh, did, Things. Yeah. 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 And Stranger, Stranger things, things as well totally took the upside Most down from this. Disappointing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> second season. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, the fe- it's, it was the same feeling when we were like, super pumped on the matrix and we were like trying to imagine what the sequels would be oh, like so disappointing. and we were like oh my god like what's it gonna be it's gonna be this like totally mind-blowing like what are they gonna do and then they just were basically like uh it's orgy. a rave it's a rave orgy uh cornell west is there uh, you know the bad guys are right. also having an orgy um 10 minutes of a biza house and cut <laughs> and this is and stranger things it was like this incredible um you know, really like engaging premise and like in a very like cool style setting. And then I guess they were just like, oh yeah, the eighties. That's what people <laughs> like about this, right? Is the eighties. They yeah. like malls. <laughs> it's like, no, <laughs> I guess some people do, yeah. but I don't know, man. Just one other thought I just had. And, and Liz, you can probably speak more to this because I think you've done more reading on the background of this movie than I have maybe. Oh. Mm. But um, another really cool thing about this opening sequences, I guess if we're going to sort of talk about it chronologically, yeah. these scenes where she's trying to pick up men, um, I came to understand that a lot of them yeah. were not 
uh, actors. Like mm-hmm. this was she all really kinda, just was. Approaching she was actually men. driving around and, and sort of improvising with real people. So mm-hmm. some of those men she was talking to were having like very real reactions, I guess, as one would have if someone like Scarlett Johansson pulled up to them and started aggressively flirting with yeah. them. Um, but it it lends like a very surreal kind of authenticity to what you're watching because a lot of these people are clearly not actors by any stretch of the imagination and mm-hmm. they're kind of like blabbing on in their incredibly thick accents and it, it, it just has a very strange almost like documentary type vibe yeah there's a lot of cuts to just like people living their lives which yeah. i think is intentional and in keeping with the wow. themes of the movie but it's amazing well, that she was able to improvise that because it's chilling like yeah. she's it's Literally driving around in a white van. <laughs> well, again, you might as well have been an ice cream are truck. You, are you are you are you, are you alone? You yeah, it's, right. it's a lot different. <laughs> it's like the perception that you bring, right? Like yeah. women are not viewed as like a, a threat, threat in yeah. that way. But watch out, boys. And somebody <laughs> makes a comment about that where they're like, "This is a lot of truck for you to be driving around." Then wow, <laughs> wow, that's pretty good. <laughs> Jesus, like, that's terrifying. He's got, yeah. the, he's got the heritage. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, did I tell you about? He this comes from a long line of creeps. <laughs> Boom! You, you, we'll, you joke. <laughs> you joke. Yeah. Um, I've never met your grandparents, but I've yeah. Neither I've have I. Never met some other <laughs> neither have they. Um, yeah, but I, again, I thought yeah. that that was so perfectly on the nose of like, yeah. Let's also like, if I were a predator, I would surround myself with all of the things that would make you think that I was completely harmless. And like, one of those things is like. Oh, I'm just a girl. I'm yeah. going to drive this thing that you don't think I can handle. Yeah. So like, of course you're going to be like, let me get in there and give you a tip about how to use the wheel. And you're just like, <laughs> and by the wheel, I mean my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which like, again, it, the movie had a bit of, did you guys get a bang bus vibe from this? A bang bus. I, I mean, like, I, there's I a war. Oh God. That's a reference. Quite I think a reference. It, it's one of those movies that like, obviously in, in worse hands it turns into species you remember species <laughs> where it was like she basically yeah. it was basically a softcore porn with like cheesy special effects like it's it could have gone yeah. that way and again i i wish i was like hip the enough. same cinematic universe as species <laughs> sure ben kingsley <laughs> was lurking around the corner with a machine gun they're both they just cut it out of the movie <laughs> i Sorry. think adapted from the same william gibson short story oh, not really on purpose but like That's i think wild. that it's like share some dna i guess yeah. Like the, yeah. this, this was supposed to be very loosely based on whatever the source material is very so. loosely yeah. yeah there's a novel that it's based on but i to me there was a lot of dna the novelization from- of species <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's good five stars sorry, sorry to sidetrack <laughs> would read again it's got <laughs> great photos <laughs> in fact it's all photos yeah it's um, just a porn <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so no i don't know the um the william gibson short story the belonging kind from his like 80s first collection and i know it's actually an adaptation of a novel but to me there was some shared dna with that story and the movie mimic as well mm. oh yeah um, oh yeah, are sort of all in the same. Sure, that was a co- like the cockroach guy. I saw it on cable. Yeah, it was pretty good. Is that, that's that a Guillermo. Yeah, it was horrible. Is that a Guillermo del Toro movie? Didn't he direct that? Maybe? Oh, maybe he did. Or am I confusing that? I think that was like his first stab at like American I think audiences. So. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. It's, right. It was like one of those like compromise things where like the studios didn't want to let him do a real Guillermo del Toro movie. But <laughs> anyways, that's like, neither here nor there. This guy doesn't speak English. We can't give him money. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. Now he has how many Oscars? <laughs> yeah. Wait, did you guys read that? I know this is like a dumb aside, but did you guys read that? I don't know if it was a tweet or an article about like the studio exec 
pitching Julia Roberts as Harriet Tubman. Oh, you know yeah. what? It's actually very apropos that you bring that up because oh, that real? Scarlett Johansson, obviously, especially this year, rightfully so, has been getting dragged throughout the universe for kind of essentially saying I should be able to play anybody regardless of race or sexual orientation and all that jazz. And it's unfortunate. I think she's, you She know. just doesn't see color. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm assuming and hoping that she said that sort of in a fit of pique and is not really thinking through what she said. But I do think she has sort of a reputation. And to me, this film just completely upends whatever your preconceived notions about her is. So even if you are not necessarily a fan of hers or maybe haven't liked her work to date, this is so counter to everything else she's ever done and maybe will ever do. I don't know if she'll ever this make role? another movie yeah. like this. Um but it really does make me sort of not just dismiss her as easily as some other people because I think the movie relies again, like not just on her acting skill, but on her persona, right? Like that's why yeah. I think she is perfectly cast because it's not just about her acting skills. It's about everything she just brings to the role. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I do think it rely. I just can't think of who else would you Yeah. Think? It's weird. Sometimes I think, a movie needs to have a movie star in it. Right. And I've seen movies where I'm like, oh, this movie... It's like J-Lo and Hustler. Like, no one sure. else can do that. <laughs> no, and that's true. But I think in this case, too, I think, yeah, you're totally right. If she, if it had been sort of an obscure, unknown actress, I don't know if I would have been just, like, instantly riveted to what was happening. But I think it was seeing somebody with such an identifiable star persona and then them kind of doing this, like, weird tweak on it was very jarring to me. Like the accent was sort of note perfect, which usually can be distracting, but it was like very genuine. And the look, I think, is also just very memorable. Yeah. I don't know if if I agree, and I'm, I hadn't had this thought before about it, putting an unknown actor in this role. I don't know. I feel like it's such like a, a, a profound premise that I think it might work. But I just, I really, I was really impressed with the performance, you know, regardless, because it's like she's toggling between um this mode of like total otherworldliness and then switching on this like perfect predatory mode chilling like (laughs) really chilling the way it's like and then you you know what she's doing you have a sense that there's something going on even before she um you know immerses her first victim or whatever the hell that is uh you get a sense like there's something really sinister happening um and it has to do with like this like kind of like comforting cajoling very flirtatious tone that she's taking on and it's super it's super predatory and yeah. i just like i really was amazed that it was like you know half like totally like yeah like extraterrestrial on earth walking right. around no idea what's going on and then like driving around being very good at picking up people too can i say d- yeah oh yeah, yeah please that? Yeah. Just, that just made me think of two two moments from the film that are two of my favorite moments that i think yeah, totally yeah. illustrate what you're describing one is uh, sort of occurs early in the film. She's in in sort of stalking mode. She's trying to talk to this guy at the beach. He notices that there's some kind of potential drowning incident happen, and he runs oh over God. to help. It ends up turning into this Chilling. terrible tragedy, and and there's a baby basically that's been left alone on the beach. And <laughs> you you come to later understand that basically this baby just has been abandoned there for several hours, and Scarlett Johansson just has like no. It doesn't register with her at all that this is a human being and this is something that she should attend to. It's just, you know, it's again, it's the otherworldly thing. And then of course on the predatory side of things, there's this extended scene where she's uh, speaking to a person who has some kind of deformity, a facial deformity of some kind. uh, Um, Touching. 
it, well, it, it's many things. I mean, there obviously there is a pathos to it, but again, this is her taking advantage potentially of a particularly vulnerable person, uh, and it's played out in such a like real time sort of way that every aspect of it that's sort of cringe inducing and makes you scared is played out in its full effect. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think that uh, that scene alone, if you just isolate that from everything else is a tour de force because again it could have been exploitative and weird and gross but it's mm-hmm. totally done believably in a way that is to raf's point chilling i got i just yeah i want to talk about the drowning scene more i don't know if we're trying to do a plot break well, yeah, it we, makes yeah, any sense to do it in this do yeah. something resembling a plot break <laughs> but uh, yeah i mean next, like so you can edit yeah. it i just yeah. want to yeah. say like the thought i'm having now like that drowning scene I'm never gonna forget that. Yep. That's yes, like, and and the the fucking balls. Now that I say using that gender language, the balls it takes to do that scene. <laughs> yeah, with a fucking infant. Yeah, abandoned and crying because its parents drowned saving a dog. Yeah, mm-hmm. like uh. after the mother goes out or presumptively mother goes out to save the dog. Um, gets caught up in the gets caught in the in the undertow. The father goes out, gets rescued by um, a swimmer. Uh, and the father goes back out. They both drown. The child is abandoned. Like, how do you? First of all, how the hell do you like have the guts <laughs> to do something like that? You mean like that upsetting? Yeah, that was some and Lars then to von do Trier it well. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was deeply, deeply dark. And then to do it well and make it serve the story well, I think is pretty cool. So. Well then, and then on top of it, we later learn through a radio broadcast that's playing in her van mm-hmm. that the mm-hmm. kid also dies. Right. Ugh, oh, I didn't. I didn't catch that. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. It's very <laughs> <bummer>. exposure. I'm <laughs> guessing. Yeah. No, I think from high tide. Oh Jesus! Yeah, yeah. even worse. Well, <laughs> and we can. Oh, sorry. No. Well, please. no. I was just gonna say. Like, I think that's. I I like that idea because again, it evokes like like the helplessness and I and I, I one thing I know vulnerability is like such a like catchphrase this year but i do think like this movie plays with those themes really well and so that child that child is like what what's more vulnerable than like a helpless child right but i think she also has like an arc of becoming more vulnerable um like not just like from a safety perspective but like by the end of the movie like she finds like she has some kind of human connection with this guy I'm, and i'm skipping around sorry no please um but has like shares like intimacy with him too right and i think that also is something that you can't do um without the ability to be vulnerable with someone so i think it, it plays with those themes really when i think honestly i mean it comes back to like what her journey is becoming more human right so the movie forces you to ask the question well what is it that is driving that what is it that makes us human and what is she learning along the way that's making her more human a yeah. practi- there's, a, there's practical lessons this, the film could be a PSA <laughs> yeah <laughs> don't get in fans with strangers even if they're scar yeah, like, don't, let, don't <laughs> let your dog play in heavy surf yeah. on the Scottish yeah. Highlands it's like yeah like someone that you think is hot trying to talk you into whatever scenario <laughs> that is your porn that. fantasy would that not have but been not, all the red not, flags to you guys but also <laughs> let's not forget also with like a sultry British accent it's already Scarlett Johansson and then she does a British accent on top of that so Adam. and she's wearing like a fur coat and all this jazz I mean 
It would be a problem for a lot of people. A lot of people would be getting in that van. Oh, I'm sorry. When they sh- <laughs> when she pulls up to that fucking abandoned shack and it's like it's right up these stairs, I'd be like, "Peace, you're cool and everything, but <laughs> shack, shack lady. Yeah, uh, nice, nice shack. I'm super excited to meet whoever's standing it's behind that. Right. Like, I don't nice torture knives. Nice damp shack. They, of course, these scenes are all sort of like truncated, but. I think it's fair to say that none of these people ever ask her what she does for a living at any point. Yeah. Both on or off screen. <laughs> I just think that's hilarious. Like you're just riding along with the person and you have no idea what they do, but you're like they're probably gonna say Someone asked her and she's like, I'm driving around furniture for my family. Yeah, oh, she like, says yeah. that. Yeah. In your in your that's weird empty funny. van. Empty, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a cool. It's invisible furniture. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I don't have the furniture, but I'm going to have. It. Yeah, I'm on my way to after pick it I up. After I eat you, I mean, after <laughs> I drop you off. <laughs> yeah, honestly, actually, for the the kind of killing that the guys who follow her deserve, they kind of get off light. It's like I would expect like hardcore, like human centipede testicle torture. Oh wow! <laughs> Instead, I don't like, know, man. Uh, that the, what happens to at least one of the dudes you see. Yeah, exactly. It like it's funny because I I knew that that happened, but I had somehow not fully remembered it. And the sound effect when it happened, like literally, made me jump. And I don't jump often at movies, <laughs> but yeah. it was something because I'm already Amazing. horrified of drowning. And there was something you know about the sensation of these submerged dudes that they felt like they were drowning. But then to so, literally pop is yeah. horrifying to me. Well, yeah. let's, we should give that some context. Yeah, so sorry. Like, <laughs> no, please. So for listeners who haven't seen the movie, basically Scarlett Johansson lures the men into her van and then takes them to her murder shack <laughs> where she undresses. <laughs> <laughs> it's the B-side of the B-52. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Very yeah. dark. You can't have a, the existence of a love shack implies the existence of a hate shack. <laughs> <laughs> they basically get submerged in this fluid as they slowly, it's almost like a La Brea tar pit situation yeah. where they're like walking toward this temptation and they get mired in this liquid. And I guess maybe at the midway point of the movie, we get the liquid from the perspective of someone who's been down in it. And we realize, oh, these people don't die right away. They're like cocooned here for... <laughs> Some purpose. Yeah. yeah. Which, again, yeah, they never explain. And to your point about the sound effects thing, there was a lot of sound design that to me, and maybe I'm wrong about this, was somebody breaking up chicken meat. Mm. like that's uh, the opening scene when she's putting on clothes <laughs> i was like i'm gonna barf this is hardcore like you know that there was like every time yeah. she peeled another layer of skin off you could hear the cartilage snapping wow. and wow. that was like two or three different times where i was like oh clever sound designer this is el grosso yeah that's and now that you say that Yucky. i think you're absolutely right it's such a distinct unsettling sound oh you know what i totally watched this movie in the wrong way i was thinking <laughs> this when i did it so i watched this in broad daylight in a well-lit room mm. with my laundry going. <laughs> so I think I missed a lot of the sound effects. I definitely couldn't understand the Scots. Um, and I think I did not freak myself out enough. <laughs> so I should have watched this alone late at night yeah. outside. Giving it like the, the <laughs> La Jete <laughs> treatment. <laughs> like a fucking nightmare bunker. Yeah, um, yeah so I guess basically the first three quarters of the movie um unless there's other stuff you guys want to well i guess i i mean this is more of an aside but i am curious what other people's thoughts are about the symbolism of these biker guys um and what their dynamic is and and are they kind of 
her handler or they work under her. Like, I don't know what people felt about what they represented, but I found that whole dynamic very interesting. You know, Adam, I have no idea. I don't either. We were talking no about this idea. earlier. Yeah, I don't curious. know if they have to symbolize anything. I just think they're, they're, they play, a, they pl- play a role in the narrative and I think an important one and it's an interesting like element to add to it, but I just kind of think it's cool. I think mm-hmm. it's also the first thing we see is one of the handlers. So there carrying are, a body. Yeah, carrying yeah. a body. And we never really, I guess we see their faces, but most of the time they wear motorcycle helmets. They follow her around as she goes on these sort mm-hmm. of murder mm-hmm. jaunts right. and clean up after her. And actually in the drowning scene, which again, because I thought that for a long time the, the handlers were like some kind of a human familiar. It had a very like mm. demonic vibe to mm. me. Yeah, I, th- I thought. Yeah, at first I thought they were like, like they're her, a bunch of Renfields. S- yeah, exactly. That kind what? of thing. Like Renfield, the Dracula's like the dude that he keeps alive yeah, he's man but, yeah. with the oh. promise of making him a vampire at some point and so he's like delivering the bodies to dracula kind of like make me a vampire make me immortal Sorry. i thought i was thinking more <laughs> uh, yeah i mean right i mean like the movie let the right one in mm-hmm. oh yeah like the the mortal who like serves yeah yeah like this the child vampire yeah that's a good movie too <laughs> and my mind was sort of shifted on that in the drowning scene because the handler comes to pick up the guy that Scarlett Johansson is essentially murdered and walks by the, the baby yeah. and just doesn't right, look right. at it. Yeah. And I was like, okay, so you're not a human. And and then at the end, which I guess we'll we'll get to when something happens to her, the handler clearly senses it, right? I mean, there's a shot, I thought, yeah. that yeah. that's what that was communicating. But I, again, I don't know mm-hmm. for sure. And I, the being there principle is something Raph always says of like, what's on the screen is what you get. Like, don't try to dig too far into it. So like, I didn't want to, Kind of. Yeah, I know. I'm just, I was positing it because I like, again, the world building of it. Like, I, I think mm-hmm. that they work in tandem. I, I'm, there's no necessarily definitive answer about w- in what fully functional way, but I just thought it was interesting that they had a system that they had implemented. What does it um, mean to you? Yeah, there was clearly I meaning. Yeah, I, I don't know. And clearly something that was understandable, which is kind of, again, when you're not given the information, it's just like, thank you. Thank yeah. you for trusting me filmmaker right i got it out yeah yeah but i agree i agree with you on the world building tip yeah Yeah, but the handler has like i think one of the most devastating scenes which is um after scarlett johansson's character has that encounter with the um the man Mm -hmm. who has a deformity yeah she lets him go and the man is just about to reach home when the handler comes up and like essentially kills him i think that's why that's why i am hung up on it because it did seem just in keeping with your thing, because I think when we've talked about this film before, you felt like there was sort of a commentary on men within the role of those guys. And it seems like she's, I, first time at least I saw this movie, I'm, and maybe this is a mistake, but I interpreted that she was sort of doing this at the behest of the men, that she was sort of out procuring this stuff. Like she was basically playing the quote unquote hunter gatherer role. And then that when she kind of aired off the program, this dude kind of took matters into his own hands. Like she was supposed to kill that Mm -hmm. person and she had a moment of, you know, humanity, I guess. I guess I never interpreted that as her serving them so much as them just kind of working towards the same Mm -hmm. goal. And then she deviates from that when they have to keep cleaning up after her. But yeah, they look really cool. I mean, yeah, very menacing bikes. Yeah. Yeah. The the walk. And also, sorry. Yeah. The, the, the walk is very, 
menacing and predatory mm-hmm. like of the the, the main like motorcyclist forceful and purposeful yeah. and like unreal like predatory yeah yeah <laughs> and to extend the sort of me too thing is like i thought in terms of like a hollywood metaphor where it's like you have these people all around you who are hardcore predators and then there also is a class of people whose job it is to make their That's crimes really invisible point. yeah and yeah and i sort of i thought that that again this movie like presaged me too by what three years but i thought that that was really in line yeah this movie it's it was well reviewed for sure but it's one of those films that i just think there was never it's crazy that it got made to me oh this movie because it's like there's no commercial play with this no. <laughs> in, in no any way <laughs> and it's not going to win awards either because it doesn't appeal to that segment either but yeah, yeah. but i mean the people give awards my sense is that they're dumb as dog shit. I don't know. I mean, is that? I don't know. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I'm more not like taking a position either way on that, but more that the way the marketplace is basically structured now, it's essentially like 80 to percent of it is commercial plays. And then the rest is sort of awards fair, quote unquote, which is also in its way Oscar a commercial bait. play. Yeah. yeah. And like, of course, every once in a while, like really interesting things slip through like Parasite or whatever. But Generally speaking, like a film like this, I just can't. I'm amazed that a studio was like, "This works with for us." Oh, like there's going to be zero dialogue, and and she's going to be like going around like submerging dudes. Like that's cool. I don't know. It's it's that to me in and of itself is one of the most interesting things about the movie that it even that it got exists. made. That's <laughs> yeah. That's kind of sad. It feels like we're not going to get like it's like film as a genre of art is not really going to advance, and we're just going to be like. Sort of just like uh, retreading the same hardcore, the same tired shit over and over again. There's there's still films every year that I think are doing Uh, interesting things. They're just, it's hard for them to find an audience, I think. And to to your question, my suspicion is the reason that this movie got made is because they were like, okay, Scarlett Johansson, you can shoot for four days <laughs> and yeah. we can use one camera and sure. it's going to cost us, you know, true. 10 million it to may make be, and, and, and it does seem, thankfully, to have found an audience, which is really cool. Like, it, I, Vulture does a really fun thing if you want to waste time at work where they'll do, like, a ranking of an entire filmmaker's filmography or an, or an actor who's made hundreds of movies and they'll do, like, every role. And I was very pleasantly surprised. I think this was number one oh. on Scarlett Johansson's list. I oh, mean, on Scarlett okay. She's been like fairly prolific for a very young actress. Like I think she's made over 30 some movies already. Um, but the fact that it's sort of, it's just one of these movies that's kind of hung around. I remember it was definitely on my like top 10 list of that year. I really loved it. But, you know, I, it's something that people seem to have found, which is really cool because to Rav's point, like that doesn't really happen as much anymore. Mm-hmm. Like the the kind of, oh, like this movie like did totally badly. You've never heard of it, but like you should go find it. That doesn't happen. <laughs> it's like if there's a thing that's streaming and everyone has seen it within like five minutes of it going online. And if you didn't see it, then you'll probably never see it. And uh, I'm just glad that this one like slipped through before that window closed. It also, did you, have I, any of you guys seen that Owen Wilson serial killer movie, The Minus Man? No. I've heard of it, but I've no. never seen it. Okay, this movie has a bit of shared DNA with that as well, where I was sort of like, oh, I, I forgot how much I loved that movie when I saw it, and I haven't seen it since high school, <laughs> so I don't know. He's a murderer He's a serial killer in it, Yikes. and he plays, he basically picks people up and gives them poison and then buries wow. them, but they're all strangers wow. to him. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Adam? <laughs> is he like normal Owen Wilson in it or is he doing like a weird riff on his persona? Just no, like, 
I think it's only his second movie. I think yeah, it okay. came out because I'm like he seems like such a nice guy. I can't imagine him yeah. murder. But I guess those are the ones that get you, right, Liz? <laughs> <laughs> well, Liz is like a serial killer podcast aficionado. Yeah, I, I like true uh, crime. I'm such oh, a cliche. hell yeah, no, please. I know this is why I'm like there's a serial killer movie I don't know about. What? Oh yeah, yeah, please check it out. It's yeah. I mean again I hope I hope I'm steering you in the right direction and yeah. it's not a big piece of shit. But yeah. but what what do you what are the threads that you see in common? Well, uh, just the idea of somebody who views. So I mean you know in the case of of a lot of serial killer movies you can almost like reduce them to like an animal level where it's like they're all of the parts of our brains that navigate the world of like what is this person feeling or how Empathy, does yeah yeah exactly it's like. It's almost just pure instinct of like, right. gotta kill, gotta kill, gotta kill, or like, gotta mm-hmm. fuck, 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 you know, whatever <laughs> thing it is. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just like the idea of that being somebody's epitaph. (laughs) I think that's on their tombstone. Gotta fuck, fuck. Yeah. Um, Ron Jeremy. Oh, man. I just, you know, I know he's a well-known porn star, but the Ron Jeremy (laughs) references bother me because he's so ugly. Well, yeah. that, like his, I mean, well, I mean, well, yeah. I mean, like so he's the person you least <laughs> suspect. <laughs> yeah, I just figured he was near death. I, I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to trigger you. <laughs> oh man. Uh, yeah. So I think the similar threads were that both movies capture that, and and again, as the movie kind of, yeah. To me, it, it bends into vampire genre uh, under the skin in that mm-hmm. as Scarlett Johansson develops this morality, and we can sort of dig into that because I, I think we're getting close to the end and the reveal, uh, she has a hunger, right? Like she somehow has this emotional experience with this guy, and that seems to shatter something about her character where she can no longer... She looks in a mirror. She Isn't does. that the turning it's, point? It is. Yeah. Like yeah. It's, it's, literally, it's like literally self-reflection. <laughs> like she's yeah. like I think coming to a sense of self in a different way. Yeah. And then just can't feed and she kind of wanders around aimlessly, loses the van and mm-hmm. ends up in a house with this guy where like they almost have sex but it doesn't it's nothing's I working. I thought I loved Actual his sex, character. Not... Yeah, I, I loved his character so much. He's such he his character and the man that's deformed are very different types of like masculinity that's portrayed. Like a lot of the other men um, in the beginning, especially that nightclub scene are like peacocking and they're being very like stereotypically male. But the man who's deformed is like very like vulnerable and like shy and quiet. And then this man that she meets um, towards the end of the film that she has a connection with also is like quiet asking her if she needs help he's doing very like traditionally female things like going to the grocery store and cooking her a meal and making sure she's comfortable and and taken care of and i thought it was such an interesting like that that's what like seeing that and interacting with someone like that is when she has like the most like human connection do you want to talk about the the sex scene yeah i'm really curious about this i have a lot of thoughts about this sex scene (laughs) Um, cause we were debating like, does she not have a vagina and <laughs> maybe for context, there's a moment where she has like an intimate sexual encounter with this man. Um, and then as they're having sex, she kind of has like a very strong reaction, jumps out and then starts examining the area between her legs. It's like a moment of further self-development when right. you learn. I, I mean, obviously she doesn't maybe understand like that this was how it was going to be. Also, I just love that her reaction is sort of horror to realizing <laughs> that she has a vagina and how it functions as opposed to like, cool. Yeah. I sort of felt it was the latter situation where yeah. th- that's just like the first, I, I never even considered 
what you're saying that she doesn't actually have that anatomy, but like that she, you know, this is the first sex she has that isn't like consuming mm-hmm. succubus sex or whatever the hell's going on. The murder other time. swamp. Mur- yeah. <laughs> it's like murder <laughs> immersion, you know? Um, yeah. And she's just like, like perturbed by it. like, you know, I think the, um, what's what, 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 uh, the preface to that is that she eats the cake, which she retches up. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So she, you know, these stimuli are strong. The, these, yeah, yeah. They're over. Yeah. yeah it's very, yeah. Like she can't handle it. Like she's meant to be like this cipher for this other process that's happening. Right. And I, I know that that ex- is an extension of the, like the central theme and a metaphor for this movie, but I'm not quite able to pin down what that means. It's like becoming aware of your body somehow. Right. Uh, uh, but it's like, it's like, it's, I don't know, maybe it's like a puberty metaphor. I can't quite get my... Well, I, think a little, I think it is yeah. a little bit of puberty metaphor. It's funny when you mentioned the cake things. I hadn't even thought about this, but when one of our nieces, when she had... This is, I'm sure this happens with like a million kids, but we went to her first birthday party. And of course, it was, I think, the first time she'd ever had cake. And, you know, everybody was excited. And then as soon as she took a bite of this cake, she just started bawling and like (laughs) spitting it out. Like she really hated it. Now, I'm sure this kid would like mainline cake at this point. (laughs) But at the time, it's just like it's such a weird sensation to a kid who's never had it. And I think to your point, I think it was just like this is too much at one time. Like I can't handle all this sugar. And I think like she's just having these experiences like a child would. Like I'm trying cake for the first time. Sex for a lot of people the first time feels very uncomfortable and violating or whatever. It's not necessarily always like this rah rah good time for somebody. And Is it I, for anyone? Well, I don't know. Some people good for them, but you know <laughs> what I mean. It's like I just think yeah, all of these things like she's going through this like almost like a sped up lifetime in a very short amount of screen time. It's very cool. So I've been circling around this thought. It's so interesting to me. I was thinking about. Um, Sorry, I paid I paid attention in sex ed, so I was prepared. You were prepared. <laughs> <laughs> I put um, it on the banana. <laughs> <laughs> but I know I was just thinking because you mentioned earlier the the murder shack um, <laughs> that she's like consuming men, and I I was curious. I mean, we always talk about sex as like a penetrative act, like the mm. penis penetrating. The the this is the not safe for work podcast by the way i've always thought of it as a vagina swallowing well, that, that's what i'm saying we never talk about it in those that's terms and it, it yeah. could be and there's <laughs> and a the certain like yeah but or, or devouring there's something kind of like i kind of like that i kind of like the violence going the other way <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah uh, should i be afraid to go you should home? be afraid yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't feel safe <laughs> <laughs> what's the um i you know maybe research would have been helpful in this yeah. but like Everyone knows about vagina dentata, right? <laughs> yeah, that's so. But this is We've like all a, teeth. <laughs> um, but isn't that like a Jungian or Freudian thing where it's like preoccupation? Yeah, I had a teacher or a professor in college say that about Jaws, where mm. he's like, "It's a metaphor for." Yeah, right. he was like, "It's three men on the <laughs> boat. They're trying to get through the unknown of the water, and then what's the main villain? He's like, come on, these <laughs> are just your professor Woody Allen. <laughs> 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 it sounds a lot like him. Uh, I mean, I yeah, I mean, Jaws maybe is for a different. I love that movie, but also that's another one of those ones I love because that one's so simple. Like people have said, it's like a metaphor for Watergate. Like you can <laughs> honestly, they have, and it's that's like pretty solid. You take, I'll take it. Yeah, it's like three divergent characters on a mission. You know, you can project a lot of shit yeah. onto that. But yeah. it's, I've never heard that one. That's super funny. The I guess Jaws, they call the Jaws it a, is the vagina. Well, they also, I vagina guess at the end, he calls, does he call, <laughs> no, I guess he says, you son of a bitch. 
Anyways, I'm trying to remember if they were deciding the shark was female. We're going to need a bigger dick. <laughs> <laughs> Episode 10. That would be the original line. That's so good. So basically, at the end of the movie, because she's lost her killer instinct because of developing a sense of empathy, which is horrifying, she comes to be like lost in the woods and attacked by this dude who she can't defend herself against. And then he pulls her skin off. I mean, what did you guys think yeah. of the end? The Accidentally, end of this was, obviously. It's yeah. not like he knew that that wasn't her skin. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah. we talked about how um, that assault scene is played out like very realistically and it, it plays out in real time um and it can p- probably be very triggering for someone who's gone through something like that but right. again i think like the feelings that that evoked in me were that's ev- like that's like just every woman's nightmare is like mm-hmm. you could in you could be walking down the street and end up in that situation and i think that yeah. that really like i think just got that across really well like the fear and the vulnerability that someone would feel in that situation well also like i remember very vividly the the scene where the character is introduced was to me at least like maybe unintentionally comic or whatever i think it's intentionally comic like the guy when you first meet him yeah he kind of like rambles on like extremely long like i remember the few people who stayed in the audience with us were were laughing like with the movie at that scene because he comes across as just this neurotic weirdo who's just like okay like i can't do that kind of voice he's he's, like are you alone in the forest yeah you you got a well you know you can hike kind of anywhere but you (laughs) you know you should kind of look for a path because there's like a lot of summer it's yeah he he does that thing where he essentially has a conversation with himself and then walks away and then the way that this with my scottish accent assault (laughs) is so disturbing is it's she's woke she wakes up to him immediate like he's bust like he's already assaulting her, I guess. her yeah, yeah he's he, grabbing her. it's like a weird thing where he's in your blind spot as the audience so you're also disoriented by what's happening um and then yeah to liz's point like the attack itself uh genuinely f- is fearful and i think in part because in this case th- them casting someone who is not a recognizable actor it just feels more real to me like he looks like just some guy just some dude. um and you know if it was some like glamorous movie star i might be able to detach myself from it but it seems like she's genuinely afraid when he comes to her it's jarring because i mean this is someone who the character scarjo's character has demonstrated who doesn't have a name obviously has demonstrated not called anything by anybody in the movie um is has demonstrated like this like capacity for just completely dispassionate uh you know killing or whatever it is um and then just the this jarring turnabout where she's largely helpless and like you're it you know i i don't know it just it, it like you know you want her to 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 use her like alien powers or whatever <laughs> it is to, to fend this off but she's not able to and it just i don't know that that brought up a lot of questions for me it's a really terrifying scene yeah, yeah. It um is. Yeah, and I think, I mean, ultimately, the movie takes you on a full 360, uh, obviously, turn in terms of her as, you know, aggressor to victim, but also it shows you, like, okay, essentially, we are all capable of inhabiting both of these roles, and, like, mm-hmm. you need to, I, I don't know, to me, the, the way that the movie portrays, you know, survival as something that we should all be incredibly sensitive about and incredibly empathetic towards was really wild. Yeah. And that like, you know, okay, this person who's the villain of the first half of this movie and then we're just like, I really want them to survive. Like, like, yeah, no, just go eat another guy. It'll be fine. (laughs) (laughs) 
do what you gotta do girl (laughs) bring him to the murder swamp yeah and sorry just uh one last thought that i have because maybe rap mentioned that the character is nameless in the film because i kept thinking about the bechdel test which is something i think about with every movie i watch but this movie to me is like a very feminist movie that completely fails the Bechdel <laughs> test. Fuck. I guess, um, well, there's that one weird scene where she, I mean, it doesn't, I guess it's not enough of a real dialogue scene. Well, she, has no, she has no name, so. Well, oh, oh I forgot that's yeah. part she of She doesn't talk to another woman. Because, well, I was going to say there's that one moment where she gets kind of swept up in, with a group of women who are going yeah. out clubbing. They, they just sort of are like, there's you're like with us now, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which, you know, it's, is what it was. But um, I guess that is the closest that she has in terms of contact with another woman in the whole movie. Yeah. Yeah. And yet, to me, I feel like this is a like deeply feminist film. Huh. Um, but yeah, Bechdel test is not. I yeah, it's yeah. not met at all. I mean, no. I I would say you can count on one hand the number of movies we've done for this podcast that pass the Bechdel test, which is like deep upsetting. But yeah, sci-fi yeah. is a genre that doesn't really lend itself. Yeah, to it's anything like, uh, other than girls are it's, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's a priapic, you know, masturbatory yeah. genre. I think that yeah, sure. like probably the ratio of gay porns that pass the Bechdel test is higher than sci-fi. Mm. You should yeah. do some research on that. Improves <laughs> <laughs> my life. Babe, I'm doing research. Don't open the door. <laughs> it's feminist. It's research. I, <laughs> I research better with my pants off. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, but I no, I I am really so. glad you guys liked it. I was really nervous like i said i'm really protective of the film but um yeah this has been really nice it's it's a movie i haven't had the opportunity to like talk to other people about with so this is really enjoyable i have one thanks for coming on comment i just wanted i want you to register your pain on this i the only thing i knew about this and i think that one of the first things i read was scarlett johansson is an extraterrestrial Mm -hmm. and i saw no evidence of that in the movie whatsoever i think this is a projection because I mean, like this is how we have to frame this deeply ambiguous work of art that only suggests certain things without giving us delivering answers to us, and it does that, you know, very strongly. Um, why do we say that she's an extraterrestrial? Why is she not an angel or a demon or a spirit mm-hmm. or something like that? Like it's this is just interesting. Like to me, that like the only way we conceptualize this level of ambiguity the unknown the mystery is to see this as a genre as an alien so i just to me that makes the movie extra double good because it's like it doesn't even give you that premise it's like it's yeah. so ambiguous um that it just you know it could she could be anything, anything. She yeah could be any, it's not answered I, I love that yeah um but everyone insists that this she's an alien they're aliens she's eating them there's no to me nothing in the movie suggests that she's actually eating these people or whatever's happening to them like you you have no idea yeah yeah, yeah you're totally right well, they, they turn it to goo maybe yeah who knows i agree with you that the movie doesn't answer that i think a lot of people assume that because the work on which it's based i think makes it more clear that she's an alien that they're consuming these men so i think that might be why that's read into it but i agree with you the film doesn't actually yeah answer yeah. that question she could be an ancient god loosed in right. scotland yeah you know which way to the Tesco? <laughs> <laughs> um, I can't wait to watch this movie again in like two years and have all new thoughts about it then. <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to, yeah, yeah. my, my only other thought is like, and this is sort of a cute thing with Liz, we watch a lot of movies together and thankfully she, we're more or less almost always on the same page and her enthusiasm is commensurate to mine, but you know, 
every once in a while there'll be a movie where she'll just be like very vehemently and strongly be like that was one of my favorite movies i've ever seen my favorite movies of all time and she'll say it like the instant the movie is over <laughs> like she just has like a strong feeling and it's like yeah. that's one of them like i'm um, gonna actually butcher the name but um bob and ted and carol and alice did i get the names in the right bob order and I, I forget bob how to carol, say it but yeah yes. it's a paul Mazursky movie it's a that's perfectly also, it's a really good movie it, i was like i but she was like in tears yeah, yeah yeah um and yeah i just i don't know obviously this movie is special to me because it's so special to you but also um yeah i just think it's like a a really good unique movie that shouldn't be categorized as like an alien movie i think that diminishes it a little bit i think people say it because there's a certain comfort level with the idea that there are no such thing as aliens it's like you know when people classify somebody who shoots a bunch of people as a loner there's something comforting about that and so it's like oh aliens cool that's not a real threat to me whereas if this was some kind of maybe this is like a weird cult you know and this oh, is yeah. like a thing they do she doesn't necessarily have to be from another universe i guess the ending suggests that she's not a human being but the point is is like if it's anything less easily definable then that makes it that much more unsettling and that's why it's good yeah hell yeah hell yeah you I, can I just I just want to issue a correction. Oh, yeah. Um so apparently on a previous episode <laughs> I talked about uh what I stated was my theory in Murder She Wrote that Angela Lansbury is actually in hell <laughs> and she murdered her husband <laughs> and this is her punishment for murdering her That's husband so funny. is this like constantly having her friends be murdered and she has to solve them. Ironic punishment. Apparently this was Lauren's theory. Oh yeah, I definitely. It was Lauren's <laughs> theory. Lauren's theory and I oh. forgot that she came up with it. So uh, I have to issue that, that correction. That should be published. Yeah. That's good theory. It's the right, it's the right interpretation. It's a really, a really cool idea. Disturbing yeah. show. <laughs> so this nice woman who is constantly having her friends murdered. It's very upsetting. Yeah. Okay. Rated TVM. And I want to also, I know we're running out of time. I want to issue a quick, quick endorsement. I felt like a very, I felt like a big movie guy because I went to a test screening of a movie that hasn't Ooh. been released yet. That my friend is an editor for. Oh, yeah. It's called yeah. It's, yeah, it's it, called yeah. Nine Days. It's um, fantastic. It's really, really good. Um, and I think that people. It, it, it reminds me a little bit of this movie. I was just thinking that it's very. There's a lot of ambiguity about you know the the plot and the characters, and it's it delivers a very interesting message, and it's very novel, uh, no, novel yeah. premise too. So Nine Days. Nine Days. I think it's playing at Sundance, nice. which is a movie festival oh, apparently. Cool. Yeah. Do you guys have any endorsements you want to throw down? By the way, should gonna, we throw it to endorsements? I'm gonna say Bernie Sanders. I don't know. <laughs> Hell yeah, <laughs> that's like literally the Feel first. Feel the, the first yeah. thought that came to my mind. So I'm gonna say that. No, yeah. just uh, stay we hydrated. want a better life. <laughs> stay say, what, did, what did you say? Stay hydrated. Stay hydrated, stay Bernie. Hydrated. <laughs> Drink water, Bernie. I mean, yeah. Bernie definitely needs if to stay only, hydrated. That's the thing. If ScarJo had just drank more water, none of the things that happened to her in this movie would have happened. <laughs> yeah, she's been hitting the soda stream too hard. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I just wanted to throw down my conspiracy theory of the week that I saw someone post on Twitter, which was fucking rad, which is uh, Justin Trudeau is the illegitimate son of Fidel Castro. They look a lot alike. Because they look a lot alike. When he was young, Castro. Like put a beard no, on yeah, just, Justin and... Just put a beard on Justin and it's... Huh. it's I yeah. I never really saw it, but... Um, I can see it. Look yeah. it up and you'll look see it. Look it up. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty rad. I and don't also know. also the Trudeaus, you know, apparently... 
got around a bit. I mean, they were swingers. <laughs> they did some key parties. Yeah, I mean, it was know, the with 70s. Latin American leaders in the 70s. Yende, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Pinochet, you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Until next time, gang, thanks so much for tuning in and thanks so much for coming on, guys. Yeah. This is great. Yeah, thanks thanks for having now us. I'm um, picturing like an eyes wide shut type thing with like Henry Kissinger. Oh, <laughs> like, oh like, nobody wants this. First of all, that was fucking real. Dershowitz was there. <laughs> somebody Jeffrey find, Epstein wasn't murdered or was murdered. I forget. <laughs> <laughs> sorry you were trying to wrap up I no didn't. please you can follow us on twitter i'm at asher lag uh i'm at spectral taint <laughs> i'm not on twitter <laughs> sorry that's such a crazy name uh at <laughs> it's at at underscore howard what's and giz is uh, she, she you can find her one. on instagram oh, yeah. at gizmo.nyc yeah you can cute. see the cute dog we're talking about there <laughs> And you can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Robot House Pod, and it's spelled H-A-U-S. Until next time, guys, thanks so much. Bye. Bye.